Isn't that a blessing? The Bible says when we draw near to God, He draws near to us. Isn't it something that our God can know us, that we can have that close relationship with Him? And uh, that's there's a part in our, the, our Scripture passage this morning that will be directly related to what they sang today. And I mean, God makes no mistakes, does He? Uh, Miss Debbie was supposed to sing today, but she's just not filling up to it. And so the Smith... Um, Young people stepped in and uh, sang this morning, and so I, I praise the Lord for um, these young people that are willing to just step in. And, and uh, Yoshi's been working with them, but just God is God is so good. You know, God makes no mistakes. Do, do you understand that? He knows the end from the beginning. This week uh, we found out Wednesday that Miss Janie's mom passed away, and and. Um, you know, just tough. You know how it goes, and this is why in my Sunday school classes I'm teaching, we're going through facing death with hope, because all of us, all of us are going to die one day. That's the truth, unless Christ returns and we're raptured. You know, we can always have that little, <laughs> little asterisk there, but more than likely, each one of us will face that time in our life when we will die, and are we going to be ready? As Christians, we face it with hope. But tell you, once you die, it happens so quick for your family to plan a memorial service to go through all the steps. Um, Pastor told me this morning that they are having the service tomorrow at two o'clock. So we need to be praying for that. It it is a celebration of life and it is a a wonderful time of remembering and knowing that she knew the Lord as her savior. And we're rejoicing that she's in a far better place. In fact, in many ways, we're jealous of her. She has graduated to glory. She's been delivered from this earth, from this body. And she's with her Lord. But you know how important it is to think about and to ponder your own your own mortality and uh, be ready. And we can be and how what a what a gift, what a loving gift to your family to say, hey, I have all these things set up. And you know what? You really you really don't have to plan all those decisions, all those different things. It's already set up. These are my wishes. What a what a gift to the family. And uh, today we have a a liaison for hospice who's going to be in the 10 o'clock class uh, and then the 11 o'clock uh, Maranatha class. And 
She's going to talk about hospice and that ministry and help, and uh, you might be interested in going to that today. Um, But if you would open your Bibles to Isaiah 55, God makes no mistakes. God had set it it up for this um, Lady Julie uh, Larson to come and speak in both of my classes. And God makes no mistakes with the song that was sang before the message this morning. Um, But God is in full control. And uh, God is good. And today we're going to be in one of the one of the Old Testament Testament passages uh, that is one of my favorites. And uh, really, this message comes from just what God's doing in my work. I once got advice from a a friend. He was an older gentleman that God called into the ministry. He was not old, I would say, but he was probably in his mid-40s, and he was going back to school, and he was going to seminary. Now, if you're in college, that is considered old, okay? (laughs) Um, If you're willing to go back and go under that that brutality with your mind and studying and all that, um, that is... That is not easy. And so he did that. But you know, one thing he told me, he said, that time I wasn't a pastor, he said, you know, Nathan, he said, if you ever have opportunities to preach, if you're not going through a series or something, he said, what is God teaching you in your life? And you just share that with, with others. You preach what God is teaching you. And so this morning, I want to I wanna preach on something that God has just really been opening my eyes to. It's not a new truth, and I've looked at this truth many times before, but it's just the idea that who can give true satisfaction? Who can give true blessedness, true happiness? If you want to use that word, happiness is usually based on happenings. Who gives true joy? What ultimately gives fulfillment in life? I tell you, there's a lot of people looking to stuff in other relationships and all different things to find fulfillment But fulfillment will never be found unless you find it in the person of Jesus Christ. And this passage is found in the Old Testament. And I believe the gospel is so clear in this passage. And it's it's just saying to the Israelites, and I, I believe for us, and I believe there's some specific promises for the Israelites in the Jewish community in this passage. But there's also promises for us as believers, as Christians of the new covenant. And I think we really, and I, my prayer is that we really listen up to what God has. In fact, it's in the passage here, it's to incline your ear and to listen. This message is not just for unsaved people that don't know Christ. This message is for each individual in here. It's for me. And so let's start reading in Isaiah 55. Fall along. As I start reading, it is a few verses. And we'll kind of expand that in as much time as we have this morning. Isaiah writes, Ho, or behold, listen up, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. 
Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run into thee or unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree and instead of the briars shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Father in heaven, we ask this morning that you would use your word in our lives. That you, Spirit of God, would do a work. That you would open the eyes of our understanding. That we would hearken diligently unto the things that you have for us. Lord, that we would, we would ponder even now and, and, and think about the areas of our lives. The times in our lives that we're, we're really looking to things that don't satisfy. We're, we're thirsting and we're hungering. But we're filling ourselves not, not with you and our, in your word. We're filling ourselves with the things of this world. Those things that are simply a mirage. They're things that have no lasting value. Give immediate gratification, but but no long-term fruit or fulfillment. And Lord, I just pray, I pray, Lord, that you would would help, that you would do a work in our hearts. Or if there be anyone here today that does not know the Lord Jesus as their Savior, I pray that you would draw them, that they would seek and that they would find that they would call unto you while you are near. Lord, we love you now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been reading through with my children the uh, autobiography of David Livingston. We kind of slowed down a little bit. We're doing some other things too, but we're just about done with the book. And David Livingston was a missionary to Africa and uh, really went to South Africa and and as he went there, he was just a, um, God just used him my way, young man, very intelligent, very much an explorer type attitude. He did not let much water go under his feet. He literally said, I'm here, I'm ready to work, I want to see souls saved, and I want to get going. I don't want to just stay put and wait for all these things to take place. He said, I, I trust God, I'm going to go out and, and do different things. And, and God really blessed him, and he did some things that were just amazing. God helped him to do that. But one of the things that he had to go is he had to go through the Kalari if I said that right, Kalari Desert. And uh, to go through that desert, you couldn't bring enough water. I mean, it was so, it took so many days. They would go by oxen through there and caravan through there that they, they just couldn't have enough water. 
And often what they'd have to do is they'd have to find, until they realized how it worked, they'd have to find Bushmen or African natives of that area that would, that would know where the water's at. You could go and you could find certain places and you just dig. Dig in the sand and you go down about, about a foot or two feet. It really wasn't that deep. And you'd find these uh, areas where there was waters there, natural cisterns that were holding water that they could drink. And it would be fresh, clean water for their animals and for themselves. But without the Bushmen, they had no idea until they ended up learning that. And so there were times that they just took off in faith and said, we have water with us and we're just going to take off and we're going to see we're going to see if we can find the, the Bushmen. Now, now, that's exploring. That's that's trusting God, isn't it? And there were times where they couldn't find the Bushmen and they would they would literally see these mirages out in the desert of, of water and, and thinking often even they would just think and think, oh, man, we're getting close. We're getting close, but only to see that mirage keep being about the same distance away and then to finally find a bushman they would find one and and get the water for their animals and and god would provide in that way there was one time when they were going and and david realized he said man something is a something's really interesting about my oxen and and the different animals they are just lively they they have uh just energy like a renewed energy and before he knew it, those those oxen and things, they had they had smelt water in the air and there was a river that wasn't too far away. And they just picked up pace and they were ready to get to the water. And, you know, folks. Have you ever been really thirsty? I think at times in my life where I've played sports. And I've been thirsty like like David Livingston and. And those animals, and boy, you're just so thirsty. Your mouth is dry, and you just, man, the only place you want to go is you want to go get water. <laughs> We're playing baseball. I love the sport of baseball. Played it so much when I was younger. And um, there were times where your defense, those who were on the field, um, you wish they were to, you wish your teammates would have been better. You wish you were better at the time. Be almost 100 degrees outside, and it was air after air after air, and you're just trying to get one out. You finally get one out, and boy, it takes half an hour to finally get back in because you know what's in inside the dugout? Water. <laughs> and you're so thirsty, you're just sweating, and all of that. There's been some times I've been really thirsty, especially if you're playing catcher or something. There's times where you're so thirsty, and you're looking forward to that water that that quenches your thirst. And folks, it's no different for our own lives. God has made it so that, as it says here, and, and my first point is the inv- invitation of a free gift. We read in verse 1, it says, Everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. Everyone that thirsts, every one of us has a longing inside us for fulfillment. Every one of us has a longing. There's something that we need that we don't have in and of ourselves that's going to give lasting happiness or joy or contentment. Every one of us has something like that. We're longing for something just as we long for water. And we see here an invitation of a free, it's a free offer. It's a free offer here. And he says, Isaiah writes under the inspiration of God, and it's like God is speaking here to us and it's, the idea of really of a, like a market vendor in the streets of Israel. And he's going around and he's saying, hey, you that thirst, come, come to the water. Hey, in fact, come. You don't have money? Come. There's no cost. In fact, I have something better for you. I have, I have milk for you and I have wine. 
I have something that goes far beyond just just that water, but something that even gives even more nourishment for your body. Come. And that's what God is saying here. God is saying to every individual, he's saying, hey, listen, you, you, you have a longing and I can fulfill that longing. And guess what? You can just come and you can buy and it says you can eat. Now, I would think you can receive and you can drink, but that's not the verbs here. The verbs are to what? To buy and to eat. It goes even beyond, and, and I would say it is a free offer, but there is a cost involved. There is a cost involved in this, this offer, this invitation to have that the, the vendor is saying, that God is saying, say, hey, come, come, buy, eat, have this. These different items are items of satisfaction, abundance, of even prosperity, if you want to say it that way, although I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. What it... What it um, what was promised to the Israelites when they were out in the promised land to go to the or on their way to the promised land? They were promised to go where there was a land flowing with what milk and honey and these big, great clusters that clusters that they would find that they could go in. And so this invitation, it's a it's a free offer and it's for something that's far better. But surely there is a cost that is paid. And if we just back up a couple, uh, a couple verses, really a, a chapter or two. To Isaiah 53, we see that this offer is is not free. There was a great cost. There was a great cost that that would take place and there would be a servant that would come and he would suffer for us so that we could drink of this that truly satisfies. Isaiah 53, verse 3, we read of this one who would come, says he is despised and, and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. And acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken. Smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generations? For he was cut off. Of the land of the living for the transgressions of my people was he stricken. If we go to verse 11, it says he shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. You see, the only reason that this invitation is offered to us as free is because of the suffering servant, the Messiah who would come. This is looking forward, but we're looking backwards on what Christ did for us. And we see that ultimately that longing, what we need is really ultimately is the righteousness of Christ. We need we need what only Jesus could do for us, a perfect man, a just man, a righteous one who could justify us who could die in our place and be raised from the dead, paying our penalty in full. And that's the offer here. It's something far better than this world gives. 
we're, we're looking around in all the wrong places. The, the world has like this mirage, like what David Livingston would see is this mirage out there. And you keep trying to go for it and you're trying to attain it. And it's you're, you're going that way, but it's still way out there. It's like the, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You're, you're trying to go to it. You're trying to go to it. And it keeps moving because you'll never reach it. You'll never reach it. But this, but this is what, what God is offering. Is it something that food and drink cannot satisfy? It's something that entertainment cannot satisfy. It's something that college football and college basketball cannot give you. It's something that no other relationship whether that's with a, a spouse or a child or a grandparent or a friend, cannot give this type of fulfillment. It's something that trying to fulfill sexual desires and, and even drugs and different things, that you cannot find this fulfillment. Folks, it's not even found in trying to be a good person. Our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. And so this free offer, it was not free To Christ, he paid his life and he rose from the dead and he has the scars to prove it. He he was wounded for our transgressions. This is a free offer for us, folks. Don't try to add anything to the gospel in your salvation. This is something we daily ought to remember that the only satisfaction, the only quenching water, the only quenching uh, thirst that we can find is through Jesus Christ and him alone. In verse 2, back to chapter 55, we, we see really a, a question. There's a question of value. He says, wherefore, do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfies not? So he questions. And, and often as a parent, I, I question my kids. They get, they, get a, they get some money maybe for their birthday and, and now it's time to spend the money. And I'll, and I'll say to him, I'll say, hey, make a wise decision. Don't just buy the, the latest, neatest thing that's at the, in the toy aisle of Walmart. Make a good decision. What should we do with our money? How do we be good stewards? We're training them early. My, my kids are young, but they, they're learning, aren't they? Oh, I take my money, I'll go get a toy. Well, what are, what are we training them? But I see it in my own kids, and I'll tell my kids, they'll go through the toy aisle, and I'll say, you know, have you thought about giving to the Lord? A good place to start is 10%, but give to the Lord. What are you going to give to the Lord? And then I'll talk and we'll go through these toys and I'll say, that toy will not last about a month, okay? <laughs> or that toy is really cool right now, but will you ever play with it again? Or, you know, no matter whatever toy they pick out, my kids love Legos. They'll go and they'll get Legos. And what's neat about Legos is you build it and that's fun and you can play with it and things. But most of the times the fun part is just building it, okay? And then once you build it, it's done okay and they they ask a lot of money for for legos but they'll build it and all that but you know what i've told my kids i've told them i've said you are going to play with that for a while and you'll love it you'll really like it and you'll play with it a little bit more and all of a sudden you'll see commercials on tv or you go to your friend's house and you'll see other things or just the little toy that you have it won't be as valuable to you anymore If you've ever taken economics, there's a term for this. It's called diminishing marginal value. The idea is that there's something that we will spend money on, but eventually, if that's sold enough and people use it enough, whatever product it is, it's not just toys, 
pretty soon the value of that will go down. We've seen that with electronics, haven't we? Why do you think they keep coming out with new iPhones and new new Samsung Galaxies and all these things? Because people, they're trying to cause people to whet their appetite and say, hey, you're, you got the old one now. This one's later. It's so much better and greater. And that's the question here. It's a question of values. And I think we have to, right in this room, you may know the Lord as your Savior, or you may not. You need to ask yourself, what is most valuable to you? What is valuable? What is lasting in light of eternity? These things, these different mirages we're chasing, and and I'll tell you, if you want to truly find happiness, you do not go searching for it. Did you hear me? You search for the one that can give true blessing. The one who satisfies. It's found in a person. It's not found in this stuff. We think about even this, this idea of righteousness and, and people are doing all these things. And when you start thinking about your own mortality, you start thinking, hey, you know, when I stand before God, am I going to measure up? Is God going to let me come into his, his heaven? And folks, if you're looking at yourself and your own your own works and your own things, and you're thinking, well, I think I've, I think I've done it. I think I've measured up. You're not going to make it. The, the Bible is clear that, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall have no part in the kingdom of heaven. You've got to exceed it. Folks, the, the religious leaders were very religious externally, outwardly. They, they kept all those well, most of them, at least the outward ones of being set apart and being clean and they look nice and they did all these different things and added to the law and rules and regulations. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, hey, they didn't do enough. Their hearts did not have that righteousness that that I need. Folks, this the only way we try, we find true satisfaction is found in one of the, the Beatitudes Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That righteousness is not just doing good deeds. That righteousness is found in a person, the person of Jesus Christ. He is the righteous one. And when we're seeking him and we're on the influence of his word, he changes us. And now we want to be righteous like him. We want to be like him. And as we do that, you know what you find? True blessedness. True happiness. You find true satisfaction. True fulfillment. It's found in a person. The person of Jesus Christ. He pleads with their heart. And he pleads with us today. He says in the middle of verse 2. Hearken diligently unto me. And eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. He's saying don't close your ears. Don't close your heart. In the end of Acts, chapter 28, as as Paul has now gone to Rome and he gets there, and really the Roman officials say, well, why are you here? We haven't got any notes. We don't even, haven't even heard what's going on. And here he's went all the way through that path of shipwreckedness and, and all of that. And he's in Rome. But Paul knows exactly why he's there. He's there to tell them about the gospel. And he tells them, and he pleads, and the Bible says he pleads from morning Till evening, that's at least 12 hours. He's pleading with them and he's telling them about Christ and the kingdom of God. And some are are starting to put their faith in Christ, but others are sitting back and they're saying, well, we need to think about these things more. 12 hours. When's the last time you witnessed to somebody for 12 hours? Okay, 
12 minutes, I'm thinking, man, that's pretty good. (laughs) 12 hours. At the very end there, he says to them, and he quotes right from Isaiah, and he says, you hear, but you don't hear with your ears. You see, but you don't perceive. Your heart is dull. He says, close not your ears, but open your ears and your heart and I will heal you. Folks, don't put off what God is saying in his word here. There is a plea for our heart. Don't look to those mirages and those things that we're trying to think will find blessedness and joy and happiness. Listen, it will not satisfy. Only Jesus Christ will satisfy So what are we pursuing? Hearken diligently to what I'm saying. He says, you want to hearken diligently? You want to come to this offer, this free offer where you can have not only water, but milk and wine, those things that are so much more uh, better in their culture, so much more better, so much more fulfilling. You can have that. You don't even have to pay for it, but you've got to listen And you've got to open your heart, your center of worship, and you've got to give that to me. You've got to give that to me. Truly, John 6.35 says, Jesus, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. True satisfaction is only found in Christ. Someone has said... Pursue happiness and it will be like chasing the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Pursue righteousness and you will find true blessedness. True blessedness and joy is only found in a life transforming relationship with Jesus. That's why in Philippians 3, 7 through 9, Paul could say this. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ the surpassing value of knowing Christ. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung or rubbish that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is in the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. Paul says all those things I did, all of those good things, and they were they were good things. And so-called the things of the Pharisees, they were lost. They were nothing. They were rubbish. I don't hear that word rubbish very often. Do you? We had Chinese students that were with us for a week. At the end of the week, they went and they went shopping. Okay, They went to the outlet malls up there at Woodburn. And, uh, and I asked them, I said, what do you want? What is it that you want to buy from the outlet malls? Shoes. And watches. I said, oh, what type of shoes? Nike shoes? Oh, yes, Nike. Adidas? Yes, Adidas. I said, oh, okay. How many shoes do you want? Oh, we want, I want five. <laughs> I said, five? Why do you want five? And this was a neat answer. She said, well, she said, I have my mom, my dad. I have some other people. And so she wasn't just buying it for herself. She was buying for other people. They were going back. I said, what about the watch? Who's that going to? She said, that's going for me. <laughs> So they came back from shopping, came back from shopping and, and, and understand when we had those exchange students, we, we didn't we didn't just stop doing our daily devotions and our family devotions. We kept doing that. We wanted we didn't want that, them to disrupt our house. We wanted them to know more about who we really are. And so they sat there and they sat and they listened and they prayed, you know, and, and I said, you don't have to be with us. You can go. And they said, no, we want we want to be a part of this. So they would pray and. 
and all of that. And, and I, I hope that God was doing a work in their heart. But one of the verses was, Jesus is the bread of life. I'm trying to explain that to a Chinese student. That was, that was interesting. But, you know, they went and they got all these things. And when they came home on that Monday, I didn't see them come in. My wife did. And she said, Nathan, did you see all of the sacks that they brought in? And I said, no, I didn't. I didn't see it. I know one was going to get five shoes, though. And so she said they, they had their arms just full. They were going up the stairs like this. And I said, really? And I said, I hope it all fits in their suitcase. <laughs> so we, we weighed the suitcases and everything. And in it, the one was really close the night before the flight. We had to leave early. We had to get up at like 3.30 in the morning. And I just knew in the back of my head, I said, you know what? It's just under the weight right now. But I bet in the morning, if I check that again, it's going to be over. I just, just knew it. Well, anyways, that next morning came, and, and uh, I go, and I, you know, the, the girls are ready, and I kind of knock, and I say, you guys ready to go? And they said, yeah. And, uh, and I said, can I take your suitcases down? I'll help you with that because we have stairs. And, and they said, yeah. But they said something to me, and I haven't heard this word very often. They said, but we have all this rubbish I said, rubbish. And she said, yeah, look at all these sacks we have. And there was all this trash in the room. They said, we want to throw this away. We don't want to just keep, you know, we want to be good guests. And, and I said, don't worry about it. Well, it's so early in the morning. We'll get, get it later. And so she said, rubbish. And there was a lot. And so I took them down and I took the suitcases down. And I did weigh that one. And, and uh, yes, indeed, it was about a pound over, <laughs> uh, which is no big deal. We were able to work it all out. Um, but they were, they were girls too. So that helped a little bit, um, to have that understanding, <laughs> starting to figure that out with my youngest, but it was rubbish to them. It was things they're going to leave behind. We went through that. It wasn't just sacks. It was bottled water. It was, it was Chinese medicine. It was all kinds of things because they had to have a, they could only take so much in their suitcase on the plane. Folks, Paul, what he's saying here is everything that I thought was finding fulfillment that I thought was going to cause me to be right in God's eyes and God was to smile on me was rubbish. It didn't make the cut. It wasn't important anymore because what was important was the surpassing knowledge of, of knowing Christ in my relationship with him. Folks, that's what matters. I run out of time if I don't keep going and maybe this should be a two part message. I'm supposed to preach next week, too. I don't know, but we see here an everlasting promise that's given there is the, there is the <clears throat> invitation of a free offer, but there's a promise here. And, and I would say much of this is for Israel, but it, it is, is so true for us too. We are part of the new covenant. In verse 3, incline your ear and come unto me. Here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David, which there was an everlasting covenant made with David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader of the commander of the people, to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew thee not shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. You see, there's a very specific promise. And, and if I could even say, even as a nation turning to God, God would bless and he would help. And each individual, there would be an everlasting covenant that is made. That God makes and he says, if you turn to me, if you come to know my my son, if you accept Christ as your savior, the one that truly can give true forgiveness and righteousness and that can truly satisfy. You can spend forever with me in heaven. 
you can have your sins forgiven. It's an eternal covenant that he makes, and you are in God's hands. What a wonderful promise. Because that's not just satisfaction for here on this earth. That is for eternity and in the kingdom of heaven. Folks, again, what are we looking for? Often we're looking for self-gratification that's immediate. God is saying, hey, if you want to go the pathway of blessedness, turn to me. Look to me. Accept this free offer. There's so many blessings to come. But I want to go on. I think the invitation gets even more specific. Not that it necessarily turn gears, but it gets it gets more zoned in, I, I would say. Verse six. <clears throat> Isaiah says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And we see here that this is an invitation to turn to God who pardons sin. Not only is this offer, it's a free offer, but now it's it's turning to the one that can truly satisfy the one that can forgive sin. And he says here, call upon me while I may be found or when I'm near, seek me when I may be found. Folks, if God is is drawing you and working on on your heart, now's the time to just turn to him. Seek him to call upon him. He is near to those that draw near to him. Folks, if you're under the preaching of God's word, you may not always be under the preaching of God's word. And when God's word goes out, we need to respond and let that seed of his word be planted in our hearts and change us and help us. We've got to respond. Second Corinthians six, two says, for he has said, I have heard thee in a time accepted in the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Proverbs 8, 17, I love thee, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Hebrews 3, 13, but I exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Verse 15, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the wilderness. Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, folks, it's it's not trying to go to those mirages, but now it's turning and it's growing in our relationship with God. It's seeking him. It's wanting to know him. It's calling upon him for help and in and, and developing this intimacy with God. You see, it is. Truly, I believe one of the reasons it says not just receive it, but it says buy and eat is the fact that there is something in part of us that we've got to respond in faith and obedience to this invitation. Truly, it is a it is a free offer to us, but there is a cost in what Christ did. And there is a cost for us. We do have to take up our cross and follow the Lord. The Bible is very clear here that we've got to seek him. And as we're doing this, we are forsaking our old ways, our old thoughts, and we are we are seeking him and calling him. And so there's got to be this this putting off and there's got to be this turning. There's got to be repentance that takes place. And this happens daily. This should happen daily in the life of a believer. Daily in our life, we've got to be confessing sin to God and we've got to be turning to him. We've got to be forsaking those thoughts. This is this relationship with Christ is an exclusive relationship with him. Do we understand that? 
You know, when I <clears throat> met my, my wife, at that time she wasn't my wife, I, I met her in college. And we went on a mission trip, and that's where I really got to know her and what, what type of a person she was away from a Christian college. You know, she still remembers to this day where we were the first time I ever said, I love you. But, you know, if, if, I, if I were to go up to her and say, you know, honey, I love you too, but I just want you to know this. There are a couple times throughout the year that I, I'm going to have some other special lady that, that would come and I just kind of care about them too. I think she would slap me across the face I, and, and, and it would be deserved. Because okay. <laughs> that's not an exclusive relationship, is it? That's what God is saying. You have to exclusively... Seek me, know me, love me. This is intimacy with God. There's got to be this forsaking your thoughts and your ways. You see, we learn more about the character of our God later. He says he is compassionate. He wants to abundantly pardon us. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. I used to always think that was the idea that there's, there is mysteries in the Bible and the Trinity and different things where he's up and above us. And that is true. And there's certain things we can't understand about God. But, but really in context here, it's just saying, hey, when you're going this way, your thoughts are not God's thoughts. When you're going this way, your, your way is not God's way. You need to turn and you need to understand what are God's thoughts? What are God's ways? And so we've got to turn to him, the one who abundantly pardons, the one that can truly uh, save us, the one that we're seeking righteousness. We're going to find true happiness and satisfaction by seeking him. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean there's going to be problems and persecutions and even greater trials and that people are not going to like you. I mean, it, it, it does mean that not everybody's going to like you. Do, do you understand that you want to you want to find happiness and go this way? Boy, I'm going to be happy. You know, I just please myself. You're not going to find it. But if you seek Christ, it will not be a pathway that's always easy, but it will be the pathway of blessedness. Eternally. It's the pathway of blessedness and. We see here that it is truly forsaking your way and in returning to the Lord, turning to him who abundantly pardon his demeanor, his behavior. He he loves us. He wants he is a compassionate God. It is an exclusive relationship. And as you grow to know him, my last point here is it is truly an invitation of transformation that takes place. How does God transform us just like the sun? The sun that gives us sunburns and transforms us, right? Jesus, the sun, he can change us from, from the inside out. He can change us and that transformation takes place through what? It takes place through the word of God and the spirit of God as we allow it in our lives and in our hearts. Folks, you can't be going the way of the world and expect to be transformed by Jesus. You can't. It doesn't work that way. The Bible is very clear that we're to be separate from the world and we're to be wholly committed unto God. And folks, if, if we're looking back and we're always trying to look back and think, man, this is that's tough that way. That that way is tough. I got trials. I got persecuted. No one likes me. It's not easy. Sometimes I have to tell people what I believe, why I believe this. And you're going this way. Folks, you'll, you, you can't be transformed. Transformation takes place when we're in this book and we're meditating on it and we are analyzing it and we're asking God, how does this book become personal to me? 
How am I changed through this book? Folks, you cannot be changed and transformed by watching TV, the soap operas. It's got to be through the Word of God. That's why we've got to be in it daily. And we've got we've to meditate on it and think through these things. Don't just read it, but think through it. Someone has, has recommended, you want to memorize a verse? Read it 25 times. Then try to think about what it says, and then try to think about what it says to you. And then the next day, read it 20 times. And that's, is that, is that feasting on the word of God and knowing more about God? Yes. That's what we need. This transformation, in a wonderful illustration here of really, just as the, the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and it gives the, the water and, and what's needed for the seeds to grow and the seeds to produce more seeds and food. And we see the, the, uh, how it prospers and gives these benefits so the word of God can give benefits to us if we let it soak into our lives and we let it give us the nourishment that we need. Because truly there is a transformation that takes place. We become a new creature in Christ. And as you grow closer to God, God will change you. Now these Chinese students that came by, they came by and they, why did they come to America? To go to Disney World? or Disneyland, which they did. They did all those things, but ultimately it was to whet their appetite so that they could learn a language so that possibly down the road they could learn different, get a better job, okay? If, if you go to another country and you speak another language, you think you're going to start thinking in that language and speaking that language? Yeah. Do you think when you're in the Word of God and you start reading it, memorizing it, thinking about it, is it going to cause you to think different? To act different? To be different? Yeah. So God uses his word. And this invitation that we have, and truly at the end, there are all these benefits that are given. Verse, thir- uh, verse, <clears throat> verse 12. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. That is truly... Uh, the, the mountains having the sound of music, if you want to say it that way, clapping their hands. The world looks so much different. The true joy and the true blessedness come as we're transformed by the word of God. Folks, the only, the only one who satisfies is the Lord Jesus. And if we're going to keep looking back, you're not going to find that fulfillment. You only find it in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your word. And uh, Lord, I pray that that we would incline our ear, our hearts, that you might change us today. As it says, whole, right at the beginning, as we behold who you are, how you love us, you want to pardon, you want to cleanse, you want to give what truly lasts, but, Lord, we've, we've got to turn to you and we've got to forsake some things. And so, Lord, show us those things right now. Put your finger on it. Those things that we've got to confess. And we've got to change and we've got to renew our minds with your word and be changed. This, this word that just like water comes down from heaven and gives what's needed for the crops. Your word is what we need to change us. So, Lord, help us now to even just to want us to hunger and thirst after you or do a work in our hearts. Everyone's eyes.
closed, every head bowed. How about you today? What area is it that you need to confess to God? We all have our besetting sins. You know what that besetting sin is, and it's tough because it's hard to sometimes find victory. But there is victory in Christ. And it is not an easy road, but it is, a, it is acknowledging that sin, and it is seeking God, calling unto Him. And it is forsaking those ways and those thoughts and giving those thoughts and those ways over to God and, and renewing your mind through the Word of God and, and His Spirit, having His own way in your life. Folks, if we go the way of the world, we will not be happy. So what is it in your life that you need to confess today? You need to ask God for that help. And then today and tomorrow, you need to get in God's Word. You need to find verses that can help you. We have others that can help you. There might be someone here today that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. I, I don't know. This world, you will not find happiness. This world is a mirage and the things that are out there will not fulfill. True fulfillment and contentment is only found in Jesus Christ. Is there anyone here that would say, Pastor Nathan, I want to put my faith in Christ alone. I want to know him I I know that it won't necessarily be easy, but I know that this is the right thing. God loves me. He wants to forgive my sin. He's provided a way in heaven for me. Is there anyone that would say, Pastor Nathan, please pray for me. I I want this, this free offer. I want this water that truly satisfies. Is there anybody? Lord, you know the hearts, and I pray that you do work through this time of singing this invitation. And uh, Lord, help it not just to leave here. Help us not just to turn this off once we leave this room, but to grow closer to you. We pray this now in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to close this morning with Have have Thine Own Way. It's number 325 in your hymnals. We'll just sing the first and the last stanzas. thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Is that your prayer this morning? Thou art the potter, I am the clay. He loves you. He will mold you how he wants you to be. Mold me and make me after thy to know Christ, Christ lives inside you. It's no longer I, but it's Christ. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And we can be thankful for that as God changes us. Well, I hope you're encouraged today. 
and uh, that you can find that that true hope in the Lord. And uh, I, I um, know I'm supposed to say the announcements too here. Let me just before we all leave. But there's uh, just go by in, in a couple of weeks. We have the missions conference, and uh, we'll, I think we got everything signed up. Praise the Lord! And you'll be finding out more. Please be praying. We have a day of prayer this Wednesday. You can go by the welcome center and sign up for a spot to pray. Uh, we also have a nursery worker and parent meeting and a potluck today. For those that are involved in that, please stay. Um, and then the Golden Chosen has an activity coming up. And also Helping Hearts has a meeting this Tuesday. All right. And then uh, also the um, Sunday school class at 11 for the uh, hospice. Okay. All right. God bless you. You have a great day. Hope you can come back tonight. Thank you.